This is MSG Mic'd Up with the latest news and stories from across the joint base. Welcome everyone to episode one of MSG Mic'd Up. My name is Axel Clark, one of your hosts, and today I have the A7 MSG Commander, Colonel Dalian Washington. Good evening. Okay, sir, we'll get into your background and philosophy soon, but since this is the first episode, let's start by introducing the concept for MSG Mic'd Up. So it started off as it's kind of a test of a different way of communicating, a way of getting out and talking to members across the joint base. We're looking at doing interviews, news, and stories from across the base. Then we plan on talking with senior leadership to hear some of their stories and backgrounds. The thing that I'm most excited about, we're going to talk to many of the superstars around the MSG to hear about their innovative solutions they're using to better accomplish the mission. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Yes. I, I think uh, this mic'd up was a great idea. It was uh, born out of speaking with some of the airmen and looking at different ways to communicate to help get the word out. Uh, everybody is not fortunate enough to sit behind a desk and be able to read email. So this MSG mic'd up is a way to put a podcast on that airmen can listen to receive information on their time at their at their choosing so hopefully you know it takes off we'll see based upon our hits and who wants to listen but this is an experiment that we're trying in that innovative mindset doing a podcast doing a podcast is not innovative but doing it in this fashion and format you know i think is so we'll see how it goes all right thanks sir i think this podcast is gonna be a lot of fun looking forward to it so am i all right so today i want to cover some of your background experiences that shaped uh, who you are today, and then this show is going to set this, the foundation for your leadership philosophy uh, as we talk about that in the upcoming shows. Okay. All right, so to start off, you're a Philly guy. You're from Philly. Born and raised. Uh, Philly, Philly. You know, I wear it in my heart. I wear it in my sleeve. Uh, just something about the, the ruggedness of the Northeast. Uh, Philly, Philly is a, a blue-collar town, and I, I think I'm a blue-collar guy. I love everything about Philly. I'm a huge Eagles fan. Uh, so, you know, I'm sitting on cloud nine right now that, you know, we won the Super Bowl, even though we're halfway through the season, not doing as well as we predicted that we would do. But again, we're still a Super Bowl champs for right now. So I, I'm continuing to ride off of that. Do, do you think a November turnaround's coming? Ah, man. I hope a new November turnaround coming. I'm a Philly guy. Yeah. A November turnaround is coming. We always think we have a chance until we no longer have a chance. This season, I'm kind of like what, what you call I'm in a stupor. I'm like, yeah, but we got we we Super Bowl champs, so you know Dougie P and the crew, they got a year to think about it. Maybe that's their problem. The, yeah, the team may be thinking the same thing, and they may be. I mean, that grit and all that, everything broke right for us uh, last year. This year, I mean, you know, we have to have our game up. You know, when you're the champ, everybody's gunning, gunning for you. Everybody's bringing their A game, and I just don't think we're ready for that. We may have an opportunity to turn it around, and again, we needed something to get us motivated. Last year, we was the underdog. So, again, if we fall behind, there's no way we're going to be able to make it. We need that disrespect. In Philly, we need to be disrespected <laughs> to really to bring out our best. So I think that's what we're doing. You know, they set up for the let people start counting us out, disrespecting us. We're going to grab that uh, underdog mantra and then run with it. Okay. All right. We'll see. So I have a question on the Eagles. Are you the type of fa fantasy owner who stacks their team with a bunch of Eagles? Uh, I, like again, I'm from Philly. I like to win as well. So no, I do not do that. We had, uh, like I said, in the fantasy football league that I've been playing in for the last, uh, 
six, seven years. Hadn't really won, but it's more about the camaraderie. But if we did have one guy, he was a huge Miami Dolphins fan and always stacked his team on Miami Dolphins. But I am an Eagles fan to the point of I will not put a Cowboys individual on my team. I can't, don't like them, <laughs> never like them, can't stand them, can't root for them, can't be happy for them. Nothing about the Cowboys that I could be happy for. So, again, I would not be a true Philly guy, true and true. Nah, ain't happening. So, uh they will not be on my fantasy football team. Let's just put it that way. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, do you have a favorite team among the four major sports? Of course. The, the, the Eagles is the favorite. Okay. Then it goes with the uh, the Sixers, the Phillies, and, and then the Flyers in that order. Believe it or not, I've never been to a, a, a hockey game. Um, that's on my bucket list to try to go to. Just one I, I, newsflash. I hate the cold, but a lot of people say, but you're from Philly. But I hate the cold. So, again, never, you know, hockey – had not appealed to me, but I think I at least want to go once. So I'm going to try to knock that out this year to get to a hockey game, get to a Flyers game. Okay. All right. So being from Philly, can you tell me about a Philly cheesesteak? What's the uh, story behind that? Um. Well, first and foremost, being from Philly, if you're going to order a cheesesteak, order a cheesesteak. Don't don't say give me a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. <laughs> okay. Don't say give me a steak and cheese. Um, it's just one of those things you have to describe, especially with the fresh bread, Amoroso bread or the, you know, normally a good spot to always get his bread fresh every day. When you go in there, make sure you know how to order it. You can either order with cheese whiz or order it with, uh, any type of cheese, American cheese, uh, provolone cheese. Those are the three types of cheese people normally go with. Uh, and when you order it, make sure you know what you're ordering. You want cheesesteak, fried onions, uh, mayonnaise, ketchup, salt and pepper, or you want a uh, mushroom cheesesteak. Mayonnaise, ketchup, salt and pepper, depends on what you like. If you can get it with that, get it without that. But the key is when you go up to order, make sure you know what you want. If you go up there and you stand in line, you start looking up and go with the, uh, I'll take a, uh, they'll know you're not from Philly. So kind of understand what you want. Take a hearty appetite. And they have some of the best ones, in my opinion, right there on South Street. Okay. Three, or, three or four vendors. And if you get a cheesesteak, also get a uh, what I like to call a Rita water ice. Okay. You know what I mean? So that would be a good dessert after you eat that cheesesteak. And water ice is hard to explain. It's not ice cream. It's not an icy. It's something that's uh, one of those things of Philadelphia, a water ice. And then the last but not least is a soft pretzel. You know, I don't want to sound like a walking billboard, but a soft pretzel and you put mustard on it. And then you just kind of go from there. And those are those are some of the uh, Philly staples. Okay. And you mentioned you've mentioned that. With the Rita shaved ice, you got to make a run for it immediately because they shut them down in the winter. Yeah, right? that, that, that's a good point. So Rita's most of the time is run from uh, May to uh, maybe late September, and the when it's kind of warm because it's kind of like ice cream. So and and like the weather is now kind of frigid. You don't want to go get a Rita's because you you're seriously cold. And if you're a true Rita's aficionado, you base everything with lemon. You get a lemon and then okay. the lemon and cherry, lemon and mango, lemon and whatever. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, uh, the missus call, calls me mix master because I always mix my <laughs> okay. soft drinks and everything, but lemon is my base. That's my go-to and I mix everything else with lemon. Got it. All right. Okay. Sir, thanks. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Um, the family, uh, been married, uh, 26 years, uh, met the wife as, as, uh, my freshman year at uh, Alabama State University, I'm from Philadelphia. Everybody always asks me how I wound up in Alabama. I always tell them that it, it was meant for me to be there because I went there. Uh, let's say academics wasn't the top thing on my list, but, you know, they allowed you to have a car. I was young. Hey, you know, adventurous. So I went down to Alabama State University because the price was right. 
And I met my wife the first week there. Oh, wow. So, you know, literally the first week on campus, I met my wife. I didn't know she was going to be my wife at the time, but, you know, she caught my eye and, and we dated a little bit. Uh, second year, we had our first child. So we were, you know, full-time parents as well as full-time uh, college students. Had uh, some trials and tribulations. I have not always been, you know, Colonel Washington. So I went through some of the, the rough patches to kind of get to where we are at. But uh, we, we've kind of done it together. Uh, both graduated at the same time. And so now we have two boys that are, are both grown uh, veterans. Both of them served in the military, did their uh, enlistment and, and got out. Uh, what led me to Alabama State, I actually was enlisted myself uh, in the Army and to enlist for the college money and then decided to get out. But definitely um, the family, uh, very important to me. like spending a lot of time with the family, just like being around family. And most of, of what I do is probably to... Uh, uh, you know, support my family. You know, they're, they're very important to me. Very good. Cool. So what was your job in the army? So in the army, I was, uh, that's, that's, that's funny. I was a medic. Oh, I was, wow, a, okay. I was, a uh, at the time it was a 91 Bravo, uh, a combat field medic. Of course, the recruiter didn't tell me at the time. He said, Oh yeah, you can go in. We'll put you in on a two year contract. I said, yeah, cause I don't know if I'm like the military or not. So, you know, and you'll, you'll be a medic. Oh, what is it? Oh, you're going to work in the hospital. You're going to do all these type of things right there. And the first time I went to uh, AIT, that's like tech school for the Army. Okay. And the first slide they put up said, hey, work, welcome to 91 Bravo Combat Field Medic. So me and like three other people raised our hand and said, hey, we're in the wrong class. <laughs> we're supposed to be in medic school. not com- Yeah, you are in medic school, Combat Field Medic. But that was the best time uh, of my life as far as being in the Army. It allowed me to mature. Um, I was 19, so I graduated at 18 and then... Uh, kicked around for like six, seven months, didn't really know what I wanted to do. College wasn't on the radar, but it allowed me the opportunity to mature. They sent me over to Germany and I actually did work in a, uh, 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 an emergency room for the first two years. So I guess the recruiter kind of didn't lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of my friends were out in the field living in, uh, uh, tanks and, oh, and, wow. and all that and, and doing what they used to call bivouac. And so I got lucky my first two years, but in the emergency room is where I saw two lieutenants that second lieutenants, they come in, you know, just maybe a couple of years older than me, but didn't seem like they knew we knew about the same amount. I'm sure they knew more, but in my eyes, hey, why are they in charge and I'm not? Well, I said because they lieutenants, they went and got the education. So that was the first spark to me to go get additional education to 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 do something different. To be didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought my military career, I didn't have visions of coming back into the military as an officer. I just knew from that right there that I needed to get more education. So that was my driving motivation. I'm glad I went into the army first, or I'm glad I went enlisted first because it gave me the maturity. So when I did go down to school, I had a good time, but I knew I was there for a reason. Right. So I knew that grades were important first because I'd seen without having some additional education and learning, you know, what, what, it, what it, could do for me. Mm-hmm. Now, did you do ROTC or did you graduate and do OTS? No, I did ROTC, actually. I did ROTC. So the first two years, I just lived the college student life I, because I was in the reserves. I was in the Army Reserve for my first two years of college. So okay. I kind of did th- did that, made it up to E4. I guess I could have made E5, but I always knew I was getting out. And believe it or not, I was like, eh, I'm done with the military. It's not me. I'm, I'm going off to do some other things. But going into my junior year, I was watching some of my friends graduate who was ahead of me. And they didn't have a job. Yeah. I mean, so bottom line for me was economics. I'd already had a one-year-old son and like, hey, so joining the military at first was a business decision. I needed to, you know, support my family. Uh, the Air Force 
was all, always had a reputation for being more business-like, right. being more professional. So that kind of allured to me. So I walked into the ROTC office, almost like I walked into the Army recruiter offices, and I knew what I wanted to do. So, you know, he signed me up. I, it was funny because it said, okay, you got to come take a fitness test. Well, I'm just coming out of the Army. Okay. And so I did the fitness test. It was like five things you had to do. I think running, uh, well, it was push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, and a hundred yard dash. And then he said, all right, you've done all that. You can come back tomorrow and take the, uh, and take the, the, the mile and a half run. I'm like, come mm-hmm. back tomorrow. I'm ready to do it now. I'm like, no, <laughs> you can take a day to rest. No, I'm going to do it now. He said, okay. I just did it, knocked it out. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. I'm like, okay, just knock it out and be done with it. So yeah, but, uh, did ROTC for two years and, and got my commission that way. And it's been ne- never looking back ever since. So I am so happy I made that decision. Awesome. Great. So now we're going to cover a couple of your hobbies. So I know your your wife's into real estate, and you all uh, you all watch HGTV. Yeah. So the wife uh, we got into real estate probably like twelve, thirteen years ago. She well, I say we got into it. She got into it. I I got pulled into it, uh, kicking and kicking and screaming. Uh, typical guy, you know, very very stubborn. Um, but she had a dream. She had a vision, and and she wanted to do more. Growing up. Uh, all I knew is renting, you know, being in Philly, all we did was rent it, the, the homes that we lived in, never owned them, didn't understand the, uh, the, didn't understand home ownership. That was foreign to me. I just thought that's what everybody did. You rent it and you kept it moving. So coming into the military, I said, Hey, we're going to rent, going all the way through. But again, she came up with, with, in a different manner where her grandmother, you know, owned her home and told her about home, home ownership. So she kept pressing and pressing. I showed up one day and a real estate agent was sitting on my couch. She knew I was upset and mad, but she also knew that I was a quick learner. So once the real estate agent explained to me the power of home ownership, uh, you know, I was on board and been on the board ever since. And, and we, it turns out that's one of our passions. So we like, uh, renovations. We like home decorating. You know, we like, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, uh, from, uh, HGTV and the show that they put on. Uh, having a brain cramp again. <laughs> Can't think of their show, but I, but again, they make me want to move to Waco. Uh, and all the yeah. things that they do. So, uh, that's, that's the passion. And, and if I wasn't doing this, what I'm doing in the Air Force, I see myself doing something in the real, real estate realm. Oh, cool. Hey, so you mentioned your, uh, home growing up. One thing I wanted to cover about Philly is just the neighborhood that you grew up in. Okay. Uh, yes. So West Philadelphia, not, not the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, not the one that Will Smith grew up. West Philadelphia, uh, born and raised, but the neighborhood I grew up in was, uh, affectionately known as the bottom i mean it was probably the way that the the, the areas hit up uh it was right before the uh schuylkill river and right before you crossed over into uh downtown or or center city where the more affluent people live so they used to call the neighborhood the bottom um shetwick street is the street that i grew up on uh, the home is no longer there it's been bulldozed but the neighborhood is uh you know pretty rough but it is what it is, but it's part of me. It's part of who made who I am, and it's part of that Philly grit that I think you know that I embody. But that's just anybody from Philly. You know, we're just a blue collar, blue working town, just working hard for everything we do. We really don't want anybody to give us anything because we're gonna we're gonna earn everything that we get. And you know, proud to be a, a, a Philly guy. Yeah, awesome. So you mentioned that before that you like to bike. So coming from the bottom, I'm not, I don't know how much of biking there is around there, but you well, got into it. So, so, so here's the thing. As a kid, you got a bike and we used to bike all over the city. Okay. I, I didn't know then that I liked it. I, I, I kind of reconnected with it. 
Um, you know, my parents didn't own a car, so you jumped around. But again, we'd bike six, no exaggeration, but like from six year old to like 13. We, I mean, we literally miles and miles away from the home. You didn't know that you was doing wrong. You just showed up on the other side of the city and then you just biked your way back. But I, I, it really took off or really piqued my interest when I was in Monterey, uh, in the Air Force. I went to uh, Naval Postgraduate School for uh, um, an advanced degree and took up biking. Uh, a buddy of mine um, introduced me to it, said, hey, let's biking, and, and went and, and, and bought a, a, a nice hybrid type bike. And, and I love it. Every time I'm on the bike, I just feel free, or I guess that's how some people may feel with motorcycles. So it's so funny when I say, yeah, I bike. They're like, oh, what type of motorcycle you ride? No, 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 no. Not that. Uh, but it's just something about that freeness that, uh, that, that, that's good. So yeah, that, that's how I got into biking. So we got to find a, a few trails around here. I know there's the Delaware and Raritan Canal Trail up near Trenton that's would probably be pretty nice for, uh, for the, uh, hybrid bike. So we'll, we got to get, find a trail around here. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Maybe we do something like that too when we do some of that resiliency, team building, and all that. But I'm game if you game. Okay, let's see. All right, we're in. Okay, a couple other items. So you mentioned also that you're big into Amazon and Netflix. Oh uh, yeah, I, I mean, so that's one online shopping is you know it, it is awesome. It's great. Uh, Amazon, uh, I've been hooked on them ever since. I mean, it, it's ingenious how they went from books to just about everything. They they the Walmart of the online. You you know I. I, I think back to when I used to oil, order from the JCPenney's catalog, and you had no idea when it was going to come. It could be two, like four to six weeks or something like that. And now that it's two days, you know it's coming on the second day. It's crazy how that has changed. And it's funny how you look at Amazon or even how you look at Netflix. Remember, it used to be blockbusters. You know what right. I mean? You go take the videos and all that. And that's the beauty of and just kind of doing a little segue when we talk about innovation, when we talk about being that innovative mindset. Who knew that, you know, selling books would now turn you and you rivaling Walmart. Walmart didn't see it coming. You know what I'm saying? Blockbuster didn't see Netflix coming or online demand. So that's the thing that I think the CSAF is trying to get after when he talks about innovation. You know what I mean? And we're that the, the most powerful Air Force in the world. We can't discount our competitors. And so we always have to be thinking and we always we can't rest on our laurels. And, and, and that's that that innovative mindset and that experimental, that risk-taking mindset that the CSAF is trying to invoke in us. And that's one of the things that we're trying to bring here uh, uh, within the MSG. I know you kind of didn't ask me that, but it just... No, I think, to, I think it's perfect. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, just trying to connect those dots. And that's what I want everybody within the MSG to think about. What can we do differently? How can we improve those processes? You know, let, let's get after it. Because I know the right answers are sitting out there on how we can improve and make our group, the 87 MSG, the group of choice. That's awesome, sir. Hey, so we're running out of time here. Do you have any other closing thoughts? A um, couple of closing thoughts. Hey, look in the here. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll text this out to those who signed up for our, our text number, and I apologize. I don't know it. But, again, you wouldn't listen to this anyway because <laughs> you'd have to text. So more to follow on that. But we're just trying something different. We look to get other people within the MSG out on this podcast to kind of advertise some of the great things we're doing. Oh man, it's MSG is coming out with so much stuff with the, over the next year, year plus, whether it's food transformation, uh, 2.0, whether it's our go MDL, which we're starting a transportation shuttle bus service that hit the various places there. I mean, I can go on and on about all the great things that we're looking to come forth with that we're looking to share with you with this uh, podcast. But also I like to throw out there what we like to call is a golden nugget. 
at the end of the day, we're trying to drive listenership. So what I'm tossing out there is a golden nugget for you. So for the first uh, junior member, staff starting and below within the MSG, the first civilian, GS9 and below, and the first CGO that goes to their commander and let them know, hey, Colonel Washington grew up on this street right here. I said it in this podcast. You will win a cop buck. And a cop buck is a half a day off within the MSG. So again, that's three cop bucks that's out there on the table. You go to your commander. If you're within the MSG, once again, the first staff sergeant in below, the first um, civilian GS9 in below, and the first CGO in below that goes to that commander and say, Colonel Washington grew up on this street, so that means you got to go back and listen in the podcast. You'll get a cop. You'll get a cop buck because your commander will shoot us the email. The email will be time stamped, and we'll announce the winner, of course, on our next our next podcast, and we'll put it out there. Um, last thing I'd like to say because I know we have to wrap up. Hey, thanks, Axel, or you know, Lieutenant Colonel Clark, for doing this. Uh, great idea. We look to hear from it again, and I'm excited to do this. All right, that's it for episode one. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back soon with more from the 87 MSG.